closes a stage until it's not. Say, like when a pandemic hits and theaters are closed and singing's forbidden and the art sector as a whole grinds to a screeching halt. But now, here we are, 15, 16 months later, starting to see that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. In Ontario, the government has laid out this three-step reopening plan to try to get us back to some form of normal life. But if you look through the list of what gets to reopen when, Performing arts, right at the bottom of that list. And even then, it's still only outdoor performances. It's been about a year since I sat down with Rachel Schwartz, the artistic director of the Brio Academy and Studio Black Productions in chatham Kent. So I figured, time to check in again and see where we go from here and how we get the decision makers at every level of government to see the value in arts and culture. Let's talk about... Okay performing arts or the lack thereof yes. how far away are we to having even outdoor is that phase three or step three or whatever they're calling it this it's, time it's around some kind of it's something in the threes i think <laughs> the problem is in order to have a live performance you need to be able to get those industries running before you want to see a live performance right it's it's uh i think it's the problem of probably lack of consultation with People who actually work in those industries, like how long does it take to to gather a cast and and crew and mount a performance and and secure rights and and all of the stuff that goes along with that? Because there are a lot of people that have been basically laid off or furloughed or or whatever you want to call it since March of 2020, right? Like high performing individuals who have not had a chance to work in their industry in a year and a half and for there to be just no like really defined well consulted path to we welcome back the performing arts that that affects so many things right that's the tourism industry that's restaurants that's arts and culture businesses that are that are something even beyond just a live performance right like the arts and culture industries are they rely on the interaction of people with the art. And I don't want to say that some people don't get it, <laughs> but I think, think I'm going to say it's possible that some of the people that are, that are making decisions, they don't understand the intricacies of it and they don't know that there are intricacies that they're missing. They think they're getting it, right? Like I don't think anyone is trying to do a disservice to the arts, but in not really like fully grasping what what it is they're dealing with this huge mechanism they're they're missing <laughs> they're missing a lot and if you look at places like Toronto or Stratford even mm-hmm. places where there are large performing arts societies I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. and you know they are trying and like Stratford has got these huge tents that yes. they've been working on building and yes. you know are having virtual rehearsals as yeah. best they can yeah. and still are struggling with the plan well they are yeah yeah and then so take that down to a community theater level in chatham kent how are we where do we go from this point well i mean the the thing about community theater and and youth theater and and everything like that is those those productions and the amount of people that are involved in it and and everything they can be as complex as as like a large professional show, sometimes bigger because um, 
in places like Stratford and, and everything, those often those casts are quite small and people double roles. And, and so here, um, it's not just like when we're talking youth performance and amateur performance, um, and actually professional musicians too, who play, who play patios and who play events. And it's, it's more than just Stratford. Like there's this whole world of people whose, whose like lives move with their love for the arts. And there's the organization of getting that up and running again. That doesn't happen overnight. It's, I know that people that are not involved in the arts, they sometimes think of artists as these, like, you know, what you see in a cartoon, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just this kind of, like, head in the clouds, yeah, floofy kind the flighty. of person skipping through a sure. field of daisies. And, <laughs> and it's an unfair portrayal because the arts is this highly organized, highly disciplined, highly creative structure. And it's it's that creative thing that, that sometimes people they think that's all it is, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not. There's there's so much that goes into that. It's a huge employer. It's a huge economic driver, and there are people that are involved in the arts that are not even. They're not just the artists. They're they're the people that make it work. Right. All of those people, all of them, have just been displaced. Mm-hmm. The arts are also very hopeful. I guess I need to say that. Right. And people that are involved in them they are always looking for a path forward, even if it is non-traditional, even if they've got to think outside the box. So I don't think that there's a danger that there is not like innovation and movement and everything like that. But I do think that the, that the danger is in governments at every level, not understanding what they're dealing with. Say from a a municipal level, mm-hmm. and we'll stick with you know the Studio Black Community mm-hmm. Theater, mm-hmm. Brio, yeah. where you're you're starting with the teaching of mm-hmm. performing arts. Mm-hmm. What do you need to happen first? Well, um, oh, that's that's like a multi pronged <laughs> answer that I can give. Okay, so at a very basic level, I think what I could use is is this like how do we, how do we get out of your way kind of a kind of an attitude right so um there are there are organizations that are working in ontario to advocate for dance schools performing arts schools music schools um because the arts is this kind of oddball um even field of study where if you have a student that is destined for post-secondary education in the arts um they are not they're very rarely getting that exclusively in the school system um and and if they are it's probably in like a big urban center where there have been all kinds of endowments to performing arts programs at you know this private school in the middle of downtown toronto and you know like so, so students who are, who are pointed in the direction of a career in arts and culture, they need, they need their access to their extracurriculars. And, and so we've created this, um, it's like a hiccup in that, in that process, right? So for, 
what is it, like 18 months, 16 mm-hmm. months now, um, we have interrupted this centuries-long, like, cycle of how arts education is is passed down and how it grows and how it evolves and how we like train up the next generation of of artists and arts influencers and and the people that work in that they they want to get that that machine working again um but if you've never been been touched by that or being a part of it or whatever it's it's hard to understand right like my kids can they can go to school for math Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they want right like their learning has been delivered in a different way um but they're still following their curriculum and they're still and and the arts it's just this thing where yes we have we've moved online we've adapted um our students have done really really incredible moving things in the midst of a pandemic Mm -hmm. we've had performances they fundraised for the children's treatment center like our students and our families have not been sitting still even though it's hard right like it's you know it's it's hard sometimes to motivate your kids to to hop onto a zoom or or whatever but but there has been movement um the problem is like there's there's this bigger picture issue with this like disproportionate worry about parts of our economy and like restarting reopening and restarting this and and everything like that but at the heart of so much of like the experience economy the thing that attracts people to to move to a a certain location and, and everything it's the arts and and it 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 has kind of been pushed to the side yeah um and it's always easy for the arts to get pushed to the side because if somebody doesn't understand it it's easy to dismiss it but like the arts touch everything i was reading an article today about how um like when you talk about an artist you know, we all have this image in our minds of what that is, or a performer, or whatever. But, you know, there is, we can't move through our day without interacting with the arts, right? 100%. Like, like the design of your computer, and the shape of your microphone, and my chairs, and it's it's all touched by someone who was educated in the arts. Yeah. And... And that should it should worry people that we are not in the midst of talking about what it looks like when we restart the economy. This needs to be like at the center of um, of conversations because it's also the thing that people it's it's an escapist thing. It is it's enjoyment. It's why people work. I'm going to work. So that I can get tickets to go see my favorite artist or or whatever, right? Yeah. Like it it drives it drives people, it drives community, and and so if we want to talk about reopening and rebooting the economy and everything, you can't ignore the arts, yeah, and you can't ignore arts education because then you're creating this this hole that we've not ever experienced before, mm-hmm. and and from what I can see. 
there's not an appropriate level of consultation. Because it's it's been one of my biggest pet peeves for, gosh, the last however many months of hearing people talk about how they can't wait to get back to a concert. Mm -hmm. They can't wait to go to a movie again. Yeah. And they want to golf. Yeah. And those are the key things that people yeah. want to do. But when you mention, well, the performing arts can't do anything. Oh, yeah, but. Yeah. And it just sort of gets waved off to yeah. the side as yeah. being sort of light and fluffy and not yes. essential. Yeah. And it so is. So how many times have you seen, and I'm not knocking these industries, <laughs> but, but restaurants, like a rally for restaurants mm-hmm. and, and for salons and for, yeah, golf and and for gyms mm-hmm. even, right? Like that's, that's a separate thing. Um, and, and you can say that to people and they will, they'll be like, oh, this is terrible. We mm-hmm. have to, let's organize a fundraiser. Let's, let's storm the Capitol. Let's like whatever. But, but you go and the arts and they go, oh, mm. huh. uh-huh. not ever going, wow, like my whole life, everything about what I do from the time I wake up in the morning, the clothes I put on, Mm -hmm. to the time I turn on Netflix at night, my life is governed by the the arts and my taste in art and how I interact with it in the world. But it's so pervasive in absolutely every area of our culture that we think we can miss what a huge thing it is. Right. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you get in the car or you wake up in the morning and you turn on the radio, which is staffed by artists. The music you listen to is created by artists of all different levels, from producers to sound engineers to the singers and the musicians. And then, yeah, you go home and you watch Netflix, which, Mm -hmm. again, is entirely populated by artists. And without them, you would have nothing. Right. And so then you think there are... um, performing art like live performing artists they're their own you know group of um multidisciplinary performers and and at a professional level like these are people who have been training for decades and they have been um like vetted by the system and if you had tickets to go see something in Stratford or in Drayton or in Toronto you are looking at people who have um yeah probably at least a couple of decades of intense study Mm -hmm. sacrifice and then and then the like competitive vetting process of of auditions and retraining and and all of that stuff to get them to the point where they are the ones that are there on the stage in front of you they are at the top of their game Mm -hmm. and we just went and we displaced all of them where are they what are they doing so these are um, high-performing, high-achieving individuals that that actually were operating at the very top of their game, um, y- you know, like, have they moved on to other industries? Are we mm-hmm. going to get that talent back? Right. Uh, what happens when you don't get to practice your craft in a way where you interact with your audience and everything like that for a year and a half? Yeah, there's yeah. just, there's a lot. There's so much to consider. I feel like it's not getting good. <laughs> 100%. So when you talked about how those who are making the decisions mm-hmm. may not have considered all the aspects, what is step one of getting 
arts and culture back on its feet? I think, I think like, st- hmm. like step negative one is, I think all politicians <laughs> need to understand that even if they don't fully understand this industry, <clears throat> they need it and their economies need it and they need to start um, working with people who, who like live and work in these industries to figure out what they need in order to keep things moving forward safely. Like nobody wants to be, nobody wants to take risks. Nobody wants to be unsafe, right? But it would be great to have the opportunity to have a conversation. I like those performing spaces that are going up in Stratford and and everything, these beautiful open air spaces. Um, It would be so cool if, if that became this like lasting trend. Totally. That, that, emerges from this pandemic and we don't have a space like that here right like that's um but but that has centuries of history like right like from open the, air yeah. theater is we can talk from the to beginning the of theater about that, exactly. right? like that's absolutely so so it's it would be this really amazing opportunity to to kind of inspect how that works but there has to be there has to be dialogue and public consultation and and I mean I also think that that the role <laughs> Go ahead, I get spicy, that, do it. I think that the role <laughs> of government in in the support of the arts, um, it's a really fine line and I don't know that it always gets walked well. Um, because like government control and decision making in the direction of the arts is not actually where um innovation in the arts lives you're so diplomatic (laughs) thank you you so much i mean yeah there are there are people in this community that are doing like incredible thought-provoking work um and I, I will even say like there are students here that that are they are destined to be these like bright creative lights in our community, and and they need like space and support to think outside the box, not like plant yourself firmly in the middle of the box and mm-hmm. it's a little box and this is where it stays, and <clears throat> I don't know. That, that kind of conversation would take a lot of trust on both sides, right? You, you talk to the average artist and they don't have great things to say about, about you know, when the government gets involved in the administration of the arts at any level of government. Um, but at the same time, there are like these wonderfully successful like government-funded organizations that, that like work alongside the government but they're you know they're not that exactly mm-hmm. uh, like the Ontario Arts Council and the Canon Council for the Arts um yeah do they need to be more vocal and being more in the face of the decision makers to make it happen or is it more a government responsibility to be open to those conversations. Oh, I, I think that it's a government responsibility. Like artists are really good at being vocal, <laughs> right? True. Like I, I don't think 
whether it is through their art or through their language, like they do a really good job of saying, hey, look at this issue here. Um, but I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, it, <clears throat> what makes it easy to, to just dismiss that, right? I was looking at um, a comment stream on, on Facebook, which is always a terrible place to be. <laughs> Hate being in the comment oh, section on Facebook. Reach. Um, oh. <laughs> anyway, I saw an artist friend of mine share this like really, really heavy, really moving um, set of photographs by by a professional photographer of um, the statue of Ryerson. Okay, um, and. And like it's it's hard to look at because like it, the the photos they captured just this like kind of anguished outcry that that is often reflected in um, in an artistic medium right like it's it was graffiti it was it was turned into um, like a makeshift shrine like it it was heavy and it was raw and it was. Um, profound and and you I couldn't look at it and go <laughs> I'm not moved or I'm upset that this happened yeah because because we need to see it it's something that like as a society we need to confront and the very very first comment on this comment thread was vandalism so sad and I'm like oh uh, you've <laughs> missed the entire point point. and it may or may not have been somebody involved in like <laughs> The public structure of of arts in the government context, mm. and I thought, man, like you're missing the point. And and I think like the first step is realizing maybe you're missing the point, and and that's okay. Mm. That is not upsetting to artists. Artists would love to be able to to walk you down the path of why they do what they do and what inspires them and and how you can engage with them and uh, but but you have to be open to listening right yeah yeah when it comes to because i think in the the government's stages of reopening we are performing arts or outdoor performing arts are like the last stage before things get going Mm -hmm. it has struck me since that plan was released Mm -hmm. that performance Mm -hmm. is the thing that is the thing that opens but all there's so much that leads up to a performance there's training there's (laughs) education there's experimentation is is there any way for any of that including you know rehearsal and set building Mm -hmm. and costume design and all that all the other stuff that go into any sort of performance is there any way for that to happen in the current framework so I guess my answer is probably mm. because I don't think those things are contemplated, right? So it's not that that they're they necessarily don't even like explicitly it. prohibited. Right. It's just it's just like not even on anybody's radar. And the thing is, if you're going to get that that wheel in motion again, and you're going to have companies or um, individuals who invest in the the beginning stages of 
what the performing arts reopening looks like, there have to be some assurances that that's not going to, you know, cost somebody their house or mm-hmm. their, you know, like the end of the day, especially if you are a business or a not-for-profit operating in the world of performing arts is like what, what pays the, everybody's paychecks and, mm-hmm. and what pays for the space and the advertising and, and all of that are the ticket sales. And so if you don't know what, what your end goal looks like or or what capacity you can open at or what the restrictions are going to be you can't not can't it's very hard and it's very scary to invest in something where you don't know what the the final outcome looks like yeah and we don't have any timeline for what is beyond these stages and i understand that i i do like i i you know, public safety is a huge, huge, well, it has to be how every conversation is framed, right? For sure. It does. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I do, I think that 18 months ago when this all started and we were like, we got to just shut everything down and figure out what's going on to save lives. Okay. Yeah. But now we we know what we're dealing with. We know what... Um, what the path out of it looks like in terms of vaccination rates and everything like that. So we're not in, we're not in panic mode anymore. Mm -hmm. We're in like planning mode and, and, and I think planning mode does need to start thinking about details, not just golf. Right. And I'm, I'm not even, I'm not dissing golf. I love it. It's It's, why I don't actually, I don't golf. (laughs) I love sometimes driving by the rolling hills and seeing people enjoying what they do. But but that's been like a flashpoint of discussion is, you know, we want to be able to golf. We want to be able to get yeah. outdoors and do active things. Yeah. Okay, but... Great. What about dance classes? Mm-hmm. What about choirs? Every church has a choir, right? Mm-hmm. And that is... At, it's like the lifeblood of some of the people in these congregations and community theater and... My students who, you know, some of them, they have been singing in my choir for like eight years, right? And and what I have are, uh, it's a group of teenagers and they're accomplished singers and, and music readers. And, and they, you know, I'm constantly amazed by how quickly they, they grow and progress. And so this is this thing for half of their lives. They've devoted time and energy and care and passion to it. And now they don't know when they get to sing again. Because singing was really early on identified as a, like a super spreader. And, yeah. Right? And so and so people in that community, in the music community, like they, they did their part. Mm-hmm. Like we, we canceled choir for the year. It, it was heartbreaking, right? But but safety first. Um, but now I'd love to have a conversation with people who are, who are making decisions and say, well, how do, we, how do we reopen this safely? How do we give these students who have, who have spent eight years of their lives getting good at this, the opportunity to really like knock it out of the park before, yeah. before they have to decide what they wanna do with the rest of their lives. Yeah. And it's a scary time to think about 
the arts as being something you want to do with the rest of your life mm-hmm. when the last year and a half yeah, it is. has shown how precarious it can be. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's tough because um, when when we say the arts and we say like a career in the in the arts, um, you know, everybody thinks of like their children living on the street somewhere trying, <laughs> the starving to, trying artist. to that's right trying yeah. to get an acting gig but that's not that's <laughs> not all it is right like you you go to if we could ever go to Disney World again you go to Disney World and you look at all of these amazing um their their Imagineers team right that's yeah. what they call it who who create the magic of Disney World those are people who went into a career in the arts and when you like open your new really expensive like iPad <laughs> and you're like wow this packaging is really sleek mm. arts right like it's yeah you buy your new car yes and that's graphic design and, right. and other forms of design and right. yeah every single thing that we come across yeah. in our lives is yeah. because of an artist somewhere along the line and we all turn to Netflix <laughs> when we like when we every just day. had to stay home <laughs> And watch Tiger King and, right, like, maybe he didn't have his, well, no, he's a musician too, right? He's got music videos and everything. But, but it's, it's so, um, it's so deeply embedded into the fabric of, like, what our society is, mm-hmm. how we exist. And, and so, yeah, just, just for it to not even be an afterthought in this reopening is is troublesome mm-hmm. right we talked it was probably close to a year ago yeah. that we sat down and talked yeah, about right. how the arts had been affected by the mm-hmm. initial shutdown yeah. and you know all these different ways that artists were finding ways to still be able to create mm-hmm. and to inspire and mm-hmm. help everyone else through the troublesome times yeah, yeah. Have we grown from that at all? Or are we still stuck in the artists are going to make us feel better? Man, I wish I could say that I thought we had grown. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be able to give you that answer. And I, I, I don't even mean that there is no growth. But when I see people not even noticing in this reopening framework and they and they like pour over it and they get upset about every little detail and 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 that that people politicians everybody can just miss the fact that like a huge industry is just not um carefully contemplated right i i think like what did we what did we learn from all of those memes that we shared about how netflix is all about artists and Mm -hmm. right like it's it can be disheartening and then I, so I am not a visual artist. That is not, nobody wants to see <laughs> me, do, me do art. Um, but, but our Art Monsters class here, mm-hmm. um, they, they just kept going um, and have created just such cool, like, works of public art like we've got our our like yarn hanging in our tree this these like finger knitting chains they have created um uh they all came and picked up like paving stones and they they have been working with their teacher danielle 
to to paint them and create these like works of art that can live outside so that so that we have this like public space for art in front of the building when you know we can't come and see an art show inside the building so I think I look at I look at those kids and I think in the midst of this pandemic um that these students in conjunction with the adults in their lives because that's an important factor Mm -hmm. um went like my desire to create is not gonna be stopped by by lockdown like the these these borders and restrictions that are put in place they can't contain the creativity of a young artist and so they've kept going they've kept growing um and you know it is something that contributes to to mental health as well like i we were talking earlier about you know how it's hard to log on to zoom sometimes (laughs) right but at the same time um there is a payoff in that 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 is something that will last far longer than this pandemic right yeah and and so in that respect i have seen such incredible growth like it just it like warms my heart to nice. see um to see the incredible strides that some of our students have made but i think a society our society as a whole um we got to get a better handle on what what the arts means for us right because it's not going to just be this thing that's that's always there if we don't nurture it and i think we can do a better job of nurturing it okay yeah so to get to the end goal of life beyond a pandemic Mm -hmm. there have been so many conversations but you know what will businesses look like will people be working from home will people not be working from home will we go back to the same way things were Mm -hmm. before the pandemic ideally in your mind anyway Mm -hmm. what would the arts look like post-pandemic the same as before or a new renaissance of creative arts well the neat thing about the arts is it never looks the same as it did a year ago right like that's a art the arts is always evolving so I think that there will be things that lessons that we've learned from this that we will take and we will incorporate into what things look like in a post-pandemic world. Um, and I think that's that's good for us. The artists are really, really good at innovating. And I, I you know, I don't think that you will get much argument um, on that, even from people who aren't like deeply invested in the <laughs> arts. Um, but there are just there are just things, eh, that that we all long for. <laughs> that I I can't see a way around working towards getting back to that. Um, and live performance is a huge part of that, right? Like there is there is magic in attending a live performance, mm-hmm. and and to hear something delivered in real time and the hush of the audience around you and and it's and it's just as thrilling to be on the other side of that to be on stage and to like to feel this collective like we're breathing together and we're experiencing this thing together so i don't think we're gonna say we don't need that anymore i think we like are are crying for it right like that is it's it's an incredible thing 
And so, <clears throat> yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll like evolve, but, but there are some things that they were already pretty awesome and it will be nice to get back to them. So, yeah. Nice. What do you want the average person who may or may not think of themselves as an artistic creature, mm-hmm. what do they need to do to help the creative arts community get there? Well, first of all, um, I think that I think that artists <laughs> um, can also do a really good job of working to break down those barriers, right? So that there are creative people and not creative people and artistic people and non-artistic people, because I don't think that's true. Um, I think there are people who, who choose it for their vocation, and there are people who are curious about it and there are people who want to appreciate it from a distance and they all you know become part of this like this big like blob of what is the arts what is creativity but um i i would love to see it become this thing that that is accessible that people feel is accessible so they don't they don't go well oh that's not for me right that's i can't do that Mm -hmm. um because I think that that's probably where the breakdown starts, right? Um, being able to freely engage with the arts and feel okay with asking questions and, and stuff like that. I think that's the job of people who work in the arts to make sure that there are no dumb questions. Their engagement is key. Um, but then on the other side of that, if, if what you want is a world that is like artistically, creatively, culturally rich and diverse, you need to, you need to say, how do I support you? Um, government, talk to these people, how, how do we support them? Um, and, and be open to, to learning and to hearing about it and know that, okay, so we get back to the golf thing. I don't <laughs> golf. I'm very bad at golfing. Um, I would sit in the clubhouse sure. and enjoy myself Absolutely. and the air conditioning, but, but <laughs> golfing is not for me. Um, and I want golf courses open and I'm not ever going to go to one um, because I understand that it matters. Mm-hmm. And so if we can use that analogy for the arts, mm-hmm. you got to understand that it matters and you've got to want to see it open and flourishing and and growing and vibrant just like you want a golf course open or a gym open or a hair salon open because all of those, they're all connected, right? And and the thread that, that kind of ties all of these industries together, it is the arts. So so do we need that public push like there was for, yes. for golf courses yes. of people saying, you have to do this, you have to make this a priority? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I like if anybody is listening to this and they have not thought... <laughs> I should make as big a stink about a clear path forward for the arts and for arts education because so far there has been um, in every stage of every framework that we've had since the beginning of this, there has been a distinction between professional arts and amateur arts. And so for our purposes, that's that's training, mm-hmm. right? So that's students in the arts have not had access to rehearsal and performance opportunities and that that professionals in the arts have had um and that that line 
was not drawn as heavily for things like sports and everything because we understand if we want a professional basketball team, we need youth sports, yeah. right? It's the same thing for the <laughs> arts. <laughs> and so if you want to watch Netflix, you gotta make sure that, that kids have access to to their arts education and their extracurriculars and everything like that because otherwise... Otherwise, there's going to be a real hole in your Netflix viewing in a right. few years, right? <laughs> and if you think you could have survived the last year and a half without it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched so much Netflix. Yeah, that's right. So, okay. yes, there does need to be a public push. There need okay. to be people going, this matters, and I want to find out more. I, I would love to talk to people in, um, in local government about this, provincial government. Like, I... Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Then let's do that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I invite open conversation on this topic. Yeah, Amazing. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing these conversations happen. Yeah, I And do seeing too. movement happen and being able to get back into a theater and get back yeah. on a stage, let alone looking at a stage yes. and all of that. Yeah. And thank you for the work that you do well, to make those things so happen. <laughs> sitting and talking with me this is great <laughs> i'll come back in another year and we'll have perfect. another jack <laughs> perfect <laughs> awesome thank you for your time yeah, rachel no problem thank you and that wraps up another edition of robin's rambling thank you so much for listening and we will talk again soon mm-hmm.